You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room on News Talk 770. I'm Peter Watts. Business succession is the theme of today's program. It's a popular topic, particularly for those of you who are baby boomers, who have spent your working life building your business, and who are now ready to hand it off, see it continue under renewed leadership, and use the proceeds to enjoy a well-deserved retirement. A big part of business succession is tax planning. You want to retain cash in your company so that it can continue to be a going concern. At the same time, you want to acquire at least some of the value of the business in the transition because it's likely to be the money you'll need to fund your own future activities. That takes a little planning. It's that time of year where tax planning becomes really important. It's even more important this fall because of pending changes to the Income Tax Act that may affect you. If you don't have a business plan or a life plan, and you are an individual or corporation with net assets of a million or more, you should be talking to a financial advisor without delay. And you should think about attending an upcoming seminar being put on by Macmillan Estate Planning in Calgary on Thursday evening, November 24th at 7 p.m. Macmillan staff will walk you through some of the important points of a life plan. You'll learn how to protect what you have, how to plan for retirement, and how to pass along what you've earned to those that you love. Register by calling the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. Or you can register online anytime at macmillanestate.com. Your business, of course, can take many forms. It might be a store or restaurant. It might be a manufacturing enterprise. It might be a farm or a ranch. Whatever it is, you've put a lot of yourself into its development. You deserve to benefit from all that effort. Here's Sherry McMillan. The baby boom population who hold the bulk of small business ownership are about to consider and contemplate retirement. And how do they go about doing that? And how do they position themselves for that outcome. So I think we're about to see a lot of businesses being sold or transferred to, you know, key employees or being transferred to family members. And it's ultimately a real challenge for business owners because there's not a book out there that they can read on how to succeed their business. Henry Villanueva from the McMillan Estate Planning Team shares the story of one client dealing with some of the challenges of business succession. They were pretty much a very hardworking couple here in Calgary. They were involved in the manufacturing business and uh, they've been working all their life. They started their business from scratch with $50 in their bank account and after 20, 30, 40 more years, they built it into the one of the biggest here in Alberta. Now, one of the reasons they came to us was that they wanted us to help them on how they can get out of the business. Not that they didn't like what they were doing, but they were getting to a certain age where they wanted to uh, spend more time taking their grandkids to hockey practice, to soccer practice, and they just didn't have that flexibility at this time. So we talked to them on what their plan was. We asked them about their business and what they wanted to do with it. Frankly, the the lady was ready to go. She said, I wanna pack up, I wanna sell my business, I wanna be done with this. I've achieved so much with this business and I'm fairly happy. The problem we had was with the husband. The husband said, I love my clients. 
as much as I would want to spend time taking my kids and watching their championship hockey matches, I want to take care of my clients more. I want to spend more time with them and deliver the good service that I've been known for because the business is my family name, Peter. He wasn't ready to retire. No, he wasn't. So we uh, talked to the couple about uh, the options that they had. And among them were maybe uh, trying to transition the business to one of their kids, their grown kids. Another option would be, as the wife would love to, to sell the business in its entirety. And when you sell a business, Peter, there's two choices there, an asset purchase or a share purchase. Another option is to sell to a competitor, which the husband did not like at all. But there's some benefits to that as well. Another option is succession planning to a key employee or to a third party. So these are the options that we uh, presented before them. And ultimately, which one was picked? The one they picked was succession planning to a key employee. And let me uh, you know, give you a rough overview on why that was the ideal choice. Succession planning to a key employee was chosen by this particular couple for their business was because the husband still wanted his feet in the water. He still wanted to make sure that his customers and clients were taken care of, and he trusts this key employee of his. So what he did was we developed a share purchase agreement where the employee would purchase the shares gradually from the couple. Hence, the couple still yielded control over the business, but slowly as the years passed, this employee gained more and more equity of the business. It explains why Sherry McMillan often says it can take up to 15 years to transition a business. When you get into a situation like this, it doesn't just happen with the stroke of a pen. It takes some time. That's true. And taking your time on big things like this requires planning because you can't just transition your business with a snap of, with a snap of a finger. You have to think about the implications. What will your clients say? All of a sudden they walk in the office and they find a new face who they haven't met in their previous dealings. It'll be a surprise to them and it might turn them off as well, Peter. So if you do a slow transition, you're basically introducing your clients to new faces and you're introducing your key leadership team to your clients as well in a different capacity. There's also the question of paying for the lifestyle a seller would like to maintain, even after stepping back from an active role in running the business. Yes, that was a major concern for them because they were concerned that their cash flow would be diminished and they might not have the same lifestyle that they're accustomed to. First of all, we emphasize that the company is yours. The money that you had put in there and the the growth of the company is there for you. And there are many strategies or techniques for us to preserve this cash flow or capital in your favor. And among one of them is what you call an estate freeze, freezing the value of the company as it is today into preferred shares like poker chips. And then when the time comes and you need this capital or funds, you can cash in those poker chips or preferred shares at the tax rate at that point. So it's like a ca- like tax deferral as well and managing uh, the cash flow at the same time. But here's what's interesting. The issue of cash flow mainly comes up for the key employee or the succeeding team because these individuals weren't sure if they had the money to be able to buy out certain shares. So 
people usually think that they have to save so much money and able to purchase shares in an existing company. But the fact is, it doesn't. There's many facilities out there and options where people can raise capital to purchase shares. And the business is an ongoing, going concern. So the business is generating cash flow that can be put to use, I would think, uh, in, in, at some point in this process as well. That's true. And the fact that it's a going concern, that's gi- that gives a lot of comfort for the purchasers or the transition team that, you know, they would want to buy the business. And there's another reason why planning for business succession is important. By this point in your life, a grandchild or two might be part of your family. If you have the resources, it's natural that you would want to be able to plan for the future of that child. Trust and estate practitioner Norman Ewing now on one way you can help. People uh, don't always think about uh, how to integrate uh, the grandchildren so much. Uh, maybe they'll think of you know something in the will, but beyond that, um, they don't explore a lot of other areas so much. And so that's something that we want to put an emphasis on with our clients is, is seeing what are the opportunities out there, um, what have they put in place already, and, and comparing that to what they want to actually happen uh, you know, in, in this kind of long-term support, um, and what changes need to be uh, made to uh, to get them there. You know, of course, if uh, the grandchildren are uh, pretty young, um, you know, we could be looking uh, to the future of, of maybe uh, support for education. And, you know, this is something that could help, uh, happen at, at, at the parent level or it, it can happen at, at, at the grandparent level. You know, there's there's really great opportunities here in Canada with the uh, the RESP, Registered Education Savings Plan. And, you know, the, the key to uh, a lot of these things is, is starting early because there's uh, obviously the opportunity for compounding of an investment. Um, but there's also the opportunity for uh, matching government grants. Uh, you can see you know, up to 20% uh, government matching with, with RESPs. So it's something that uh, you know, we certainly want to explore. It may be something that the parents set up and uh, you know, the parents may have that all taken care of. Um, and so we can go a different direction with the, uh, with the grandparents. Um, but often what we see is you know, the parents are young, they're uh, you know, they've got young children, young family, you know, they've got a lot of other expenses uh, that they're worried about. And so maybe they don't have a lot extra um, to go into an RESP. And this is where maybe the, the, the grandparents can step in uh, and help make sure that money is set aside and those, uh, you know, government grants are, are taken advantage of. What are the mechanics of a registered education savings plan? You're allowed to put so much per year into it? There's kind of a, uh, a total maximum that you can put in for child per, per child. So that's, uh, that's currently $50,000. And then, of course, there's there's matching grants. So, um, you know, I mentioned up to 20%. You know, that's uh, on the first uh, 2500 uh, per year that's put in. And so, you know, that's something that uh, that we can look at uh, on, on either level. If the parents have already set this up um, and the grandparents want to contribute to that, they can, they can, of course, give money to the parents to continue that. Or they may want to set up something like this on their own. Uh, you know, grandchildren uh, can have have multiple RESPs. And so the parents could have one set up, but they're not uh, funding it fully. They're not getting the full grants. Um, The grandparents can set one up as well. And that certainly gives them a a greater deal of control over uh, how the plan is used. Are there any tax implications to the registered education savings plan? Well, that's one of the big benefits of the the RESP is is some of the tax benefits. Now, obviously the money that goes into that, that's after tax. Um, So you've already paid taxes on that and that's cash from your bank account. But the advantage to the RESP is the deferral of taxes. So you you put in 
$2,500 in a particular year. You invest that money. The growth of that investment is deferred until you pull it out of the account. And so you're generally pulling that out when uh, the, the you know grandchild or, or the person in issue uh, is in school. Uh, and so uh, their income is, is presumably pretty low um, and you'll pay uh, very little taxes on that uh, in that sort of a scenario. So there's the advantage uh, on the tax side is, is the deferral of taxes um, on the growth. So the plan is in the name of the student. Um, the grandparents have contributed dollars over a period of time to build up the principal. But when the money is pulled out, it's up to the student or the student is responsible for paying the tax unless the grandparents step in and cover that as well? That's correct. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the advantage to it uh, is, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're pulling it out um, under the student's name. They're paying the taxes on it. They're presumably in a lower tax rate. And uh, so there's, there's lesser taxes on that. And, you know, often we're looking at uh, setting these up uh, perhaps on a family basis. If, if there's, you know, several children in the family, uh, we may set up one account for all of them. So there's, there's a lot of flexibility um, that if one has more educational needs than the other, you know, the, the funds can be used in that direction. So lots of things to think about regarding a business succession. Lots of reasons to have a good plan. Having a good plan is the reason you call McMillan Estate Planning at 403-266-6464. And we'll continue in a moment. You're listening to The Strong Room on News Talk 770. 